Joining me on the latest edition of the podcast is Travis Bohall. Travis is the center fielder for UC Riverside Baseball, coming off two very good years, obviously 2020 shortened by the COVID-19 pandemic, hit 344 in the last year in 16 games, stole seven or nine bases, and played a very good defensive center field. In fact, he's fielded his last 137 chances without an error for UC Riverside. His junior year in 2019, he hit 331 and stole 16 to 20 bases while igniting the top of the order for the Highlanders. He comes to UC Riverside. He's a native of Reno, Nevada, where he attended Galena High School, and he comes to UC Riverside after a couple of years at the College of Southern Idaho, where he played in the 2018 Junior College World Series. Coming up next, we'll meet Travis Bohall. I was having a conversation in the dugout with Justin Manans when he was playing for the Highlanders, and he mentioned that he had a friend who he played with in junior college and who was faster than him and better defensively than him. And I said, Justin, that's a pretty high praise. And the young gentleman he was talking about was Travis Bohall, who is now going to be a senior again at UC Riverside in 2021. Travis, thank you for joining me. Welcome. It's great to talk some baseball with you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you're you're back up in the northern Nevada area right now, but uh, you had a pretty good year for the Highlanders. In fact, the Highlanders overall had a very good season. Take me through. You guys are ready to getting ready to go to Bakersfield, and the word comes down that the season is canceled. Take me through what happened in that weekend. What was your reaction like? How did the team find out about that? So I think we were heading to Bakersfield that weekend, and I believe on a Wednesday or Thursday, we got a um, text from the coaches saying, you know, let's have a meeting in the morning. We're going to go over and discuss everything, you know, kind of figure out what's going on. And we had that meeting, and Coach Percival told us, you know, it's not looking too good. Um, you know, don't get your hopes up. We really don't know what's going to happen here. And it's it's just really sad to see like how it turned out. And I think we had really something special this year with this team. And, you know, we were just a group that just battled everything out. And, you know, we, we started slow a little out the gate after the first four or five games, but we just really started playing great baseball. You'd won nine of your last 12. You're nine and seven overall. But people forget that that opening series was on the road at UCLA and UCLA was a top 10 team. Their pitching was probably, you know, they were one of the five best pitching staffs in the nation. And it was interesting because in talking to Coach Percival, he even said that um, Coach Savage approached him after the series and said, hey, you guys are pretty good. And, you know, of course, Troy's a competitor. He's like, oh, you just beat me three times. And and John Savage, who, you know, very respected, won a national championship, said, no, 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 no. I'm just telling you, you guys are going to be good. We do that to a lot of teams. And I see where you guys improved and what you guys are doing. And sure enough, you stumbled in that game against Seattle at home, but then 9 of 12, you won a bunch of games on the road. You won an impressive game at LMU on the road. You took a series at uh, St. Mary's on the road. And what's interesting is, in the past, since Troy's been there, and he would complain to me about it, you, the Highlanders really haven't had a lot of success against the West Coast Conference, and you guys had started the season playing some very strong West Conference West Coast Conference teams, and you did really well against them. Yeah, I think it was 
really important to start out against uh, like UCLA and get that exposure right away and see like that level of competition and talent. So I think it was just it was great to start out with them and get to play them. That's a big time atmosphere there at Jackie Robinson Stadium. What was it like for you to kind of be there and kind of see, hey, this is where regionals and super regionals have been played and some of the greatest players in the history, you know, Chase Utley played there and obviously Cole and, and Bauer both kind of went through there. Um, how was it like playing in that in that venue? It was really, really cool. I loved every second of it. The field was beautiful um, and, you know, just something you dream of playing against UCLA. and You know, that's something you'll remember for the rest of your life. When regularly scheduled programming was interrupted, Travis, you were having yourself a pretty good year. Was most impressed about was how you improved because you hit well last year. I think you hit 330 last year, but you were at 344, albeit early in the season. But your production was better. You'd already surpassed, I think, or you were within one of your extra base hits from the last year. And you'd really improved with regards to your on base percentage. I think your on base percentage last year was somewhere in the three and I gotta look it up now. I hate looking it up. It was three eighty two. I was gonna say three eighty, three ninety. But this year you were well over four hundred. Were there adjustments that you made or was that just a result of now you were kind of experienced pitching or batting against division one pitchers? Um for me I just trying to be a really consistent player and just, you know, produce try and produce every game for my team and you know, it definitely was a big jump going from Juco to D1 and seeing these really talented arms. Um, but, you know, just like I said, I just try and set the table and, you know, um, lead by example on the field. Troy spoke very well of you early on, even when you were struggling and in the first season. Um, as I recall, you started off pretty strong. You hit a little bit of a dive and you kind of came back up. And I'll say that the, the big league player you reminded me of a little bit was DJ LeMayhew, just the way you approach the bat and how you battle every at bat and you know, his nickname, they call him the machine. So you, you were kind of similar to that in that when you got up there, the pitcher was up, was in for a battle and you were really locked in. What's the key to when you get up there against a big pitcher, like one of the guys UCLA was throwing, what's the key to the approach against somebody like that? Who's got a really good fastball, but also has some really uh, tough uh, secondary pitches as a guy like you leading off, you're setting the table for your team. What are the important things with regard to your approach? Uh, for me, I'm just really aggressive. I'd really don't like to get behind in the counts because some of these guys just have some really wicked stuff. So I try and be aggressive early and, you know, I just try and strive for hard contact, hard line drives and ground balls. So, you know, I have that chance of maybe beating it out. And, um, you know, I feel like just like my main goals are to just, you know, get on base any way I can and score runs for my team. The other aspect of your game that's very strong is is your defense. You're a very good defensive center fielder, and that's something that Troy obviously places a lot of a premium on. He played with guys like Darren Erstad, you know, in the outfield who were just solid defensively. Um, I don't want to jinx you, but uh, as of this conversation – You'd you'd fielded 137 straight chances. You made two errors in your first year, but last year you had a clean sheet. And hopefully you'll continue that going under the year. Um, is center field where you're most comfortable, Travis? Uh, yes, I think it is. Um, you know, playing defense is just probably my favorite part of baseball. I just love it. It comes really easy to me. And uh, yeah, center field's for sure probably um, where I'm most comfortable with. 
uh, Centerfield the Plex is no walk in the park because no. I know through talking to the old guys, the 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 center. I, I think they took the the numbers off the power alleys this year because the alleys are mislabeled, you know, because it's 400 to dead center. And I've walked it. I went out and measured it myself. And the left center field alley is almost it's like almost it's like 388. It says 360, but I think it's like 388 to left left center. That's a big vast area that you got to cover in in in, uh, in left center and center field. Uh, how long did that take to getting used to? Are you used to playing in a pretty big outfield? Um, I am pretty used to it. You know, the Plex does play big, and it is you know big field, a lot of room out there. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that plays towards me you know because i like to run around and chase down all those fly balls so you chased down quite a few uh, this season let's go back though to before you arrived in the 951 before your life in riverside talk a little about your background you're a reno kid up from nevada and uh you played at galena high school and i know we were talking before and reno is your big rival Describe for me a little bit, what's the Galena-Reno rivalry like? Like, what is there a certain type of kid that goes to your school versus Reno High? Are they kind of the big city school? You're the smaller school. Take me through that rivalry, Travis. Um, so we're pretty evenly sized school, but, you know, the rivalry's just always been there with baseball. We've always, um, but, you know, been fighting for the uh, regional title or the spot to go to state so i feel like it's just always been um us and reno battling it out in the end but yeah it's a, it's a great rivalry um everyone in, in reno loves it and it's just a great time so i think i think garrett hampson was before your time right at reno high yeah but i think the, who's the guy i guess he graduated now your your first year there was a guy at long beach their shortstop that you played against correct Yes. I, oh, Caden uh, Hogan, I believe. Hogan. Is, oh, that's right. And he's still, yeah, he's still there. So you and Hogan had a little bit. I, th- I know he knocked you out of the playoffs one year, so you can't uh, be too happy about that. But hopefully you get a shot at him uh, next season as well. Uh, we were talking earlier again, and you said you played a little football. And yes, I, did. I understand you were like wide receiver, defensive back, right? Yeah, yeah. I mainly actually just played uh, free safety. Okay. That was my position. Defensive player. That makes sense. So you're a center fielder in baseball, and the free safety is, in essence, a center fielder in football. Um, yeah. Galena, I know, they just changed their coach a year, maybe a year or two years ago. I forget. Uh, is that is football the main the main sport at your high school? Um, usually, it's basketball and baseball. We, we're usually not, like, top, top with football, like, okay. all the way up there. But, you know uh, – with a few coaching changes, it's been kind of a struggle for the program, I think, with, you know, all these new faces coming in. So I don't, I think they've struggled the past few years, but. What, so the weekend of the Reno Galena game, what's, what's the big highlight? Like what, what are this, what do the schools do? Um, sometimes we do like, it'll land on like a homecoming like game or like, so it'll have like a themed week before it or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a big, like a celebration thing for both schools. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Now let's get back to baseball. You finish up your career at Galena High School, and the way you play, you know, you got speed, you're a good hitter, and you're a great defensive outfielder. So the question for me to you is, how the heck did T.J. Bruce let you get out of the state and not steal you for the Wolfpack? Uh huh. 
I'm not really sure about that one. You know, okay. it's kind of it's kind of out of my hands at this point. You know, I never really got the chance to even like show them my skills or anything. But it is what it is, right? One door closes, another door opens. Yeah, no, I yeah. I, I joke I joke with you because I know TJ a little bit, and you know, he's a UCLA guy or Long Beach State guy, but he coached under Savage, and you would seem to be the prototype player to plug in for his program. I know. And I, I don't want to get you in trouble, but I've talked to other people. He takes a little bit of heat for not maybe going as aggressively after the local players. And maybe you don't want to say that because you're a good guy. You don't want to criticize other people. I've heard that from other people. Now, I do think he's got a bunch of local guys on his roster as well. Um, and, I, again, you don't know. With recruiting, it's weird because they may have guys they know are coming that aren't public in terms of you know, haven't announced where they're going yet. So they got to be careful about that. But I was actually surprised when I saw you play at Riverside. I'm like, man, how did this? How did TJ let him get out of town? Take me through your decision. How did you arrive at your decision to go to the College of Southern Idaho? So out of high school, I had no offers, and I really just didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, you know, I was looking at all the California junior colleges and, you know, they can't offer any money or aid. So I was just kind of at a standstill, didn't really know what I should do next. And I happened to stumble upon the College of Southern Idaho and I happened to know um, someone that played on the team there. So, you know, I asked him if you liked the program, how it was. Um, I ended up taking a visit up there and just fell in love with it and. And, you know, had a great two years up there. It was a really great experience. Were you on the team that won that won in 18, or did you come in after that? Yeah, I was on the team that went to the JUCO World Series. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, what was that experience like? That was that was in Colorado. That's in Colorado, right? Yeah, in Grand Junction, Colorado. It was, it, it was probably the coolest experience of my life. Just the fans and the overall atmosphere at that place is incredible. And what is it? It's like, does it build from game to game to game? I mean, like, obviously you get there and you're excited, but every game you play, obviously it seems like the, you know, it's like, it seems like it reminds me of Omaha. Omaha, the great thing about Omaha is as, as much excitement as it is when it starts, the deeper you get into it, the more excitement there is. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a lot of excitement with those games. I think we ended up winning the uh, first two and then lost the next two but we ended up taking third place but yeah just getting to play in front of you know 10,000 people is just something you'll never forget you mentioned that you you said you had a great experience at CSI what what did it help you improve like both in terms of baseball in terms of off the field and on the field do you feel that CSI just made you better or was it just a situation where it just kind of got you ready where you knew what you were getting into when you move up to the division one level I think it really helped um, every aspect of my game. You know, I, need, I was kind of small coming out of high school, so I needed to get a little bigger and stronger. So I think those two years really helped me. But just I think it just really, really prepared me for, um, you know, the leap from Juco to D1. And I, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about it for sure. Take me through how you ended up at UC Riverside. Did they come after you early? I know Justin, you know, they obviously they knew Justin, so they probably had to watch you as well. Was it Coach LeBlanc that, that went up and recruited you? Yeah, I actually had contacted Justin because, again, you know, I was at a standstill, didn't know what four-year school I was going to go to next. And I had 
contacted Justin and just, you know, asked him to maybe put in a good word for me. And um, Coach LeBlanc just, you know, started recruiting me and was calling me every day and texting me and just wanted to get me here. And um, when had you researched anything about UC Riverside before you got the offer or was it you were going to kind of you just wanted to play D1 baseball? Um, I had researched it a little. I knew it was a really good uh, league. You know, the Big West is phenomenal competition. And, you know, I had heard from um, Justin that he was loving it and thought the program was great and going in the right direction. Plan for Coach Troy Percival, you know, big leagues for 15 years and just kind of a no-nonsense guy and understands kind of how the clubhouse works. Um, obviously, he's a pitcher, so he's not gonna you're not gonna have as close a relationship maybe as a guy like Andre, who's actual pitcher. But what's your relationship with Coach Percival like, and how, how have you enjoyed playing for his program? No, I've I've loved playing for Percy. You know, we share a good mutual respect for each other. He's always believed in me and trusted in me. Um, he's always just been a caring and friendly coach. Your your dad's a baseball guy, right? Uh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't uh, play any baseball in college or pros or anything, but he he follows along and watches everything I do for sure. I mean, did he coach you growing up, or was he just kind of more there just to give you advice and and support? Um, he coached me a little in little league, but he's he's just always been there supporting me. Let's go back to the season. When did you feel the team had kind of hit its stride, Travis? Um, I feel like that UNLV game when we won, I feel like from just that point on, the team morale was really high. And I think I think that was the game. Um, like the, after that, we just really went on a tear like the rest of the season. I, I, I said it all year, um, you know, starting with – Probably I noticed it when you guys played Cal Baptist or CBU, how there was just a little vibe to the team this year. You know, there just seemed to be a little vibe. And it was interesting because last year you obviously had three or four really talented bats that you lost. You know, no Connor, no Dino. And then you also, for good measure, lost Jaeger and Matt Hardy. They were all really productive bats in the middle of the order. The plus was you got Cole back. You know, and I wonder if you had Cole in twenty in twenty nineteen, how different the season would have been. And then obviously um, Jacobs coming in, Zach Jacobs, uh, he was thrust into duty because you had injuries. He hit the ground running really hard. I mean, in fact, his performance up at St. Mary's the last time somebody did that, last time a freshman pitched a shutout on the road, it was Matt Andrees in '09. He's in the big leagues now, um, but I just sensed that the guys kind of vibed well together. And it was a good group. And everybody always talks about it in every sport. But to me, it seems like in baseball, it is way more important because you guys are together every day and you're playing games almost every day. Um, what was the feeling in that clubhouse? You know, there really was a vibe, like you said. And, um, you know, getting back to talking about like the pitching, I thought like we were a whole new team, honestly. They did a phenomenal job this year and, you know, they relied on and supported each other and um you know to see how much they improved in one year is just really astonishing and you know it just made us feel like a whole just whole new team the outfield um where you play obviously 
it was actually a strength this year, and it was a strength last year for all the injuries and stuff you had with the pitching staff and the struggles you had on the infield. Since you've been there, at least, the outfield has always been pretty strong and pretty deep. Um, first of all, let's go back to last year playing with Dean uh, you know, in right field and you in center. He was obviously a center fielder who moved out to right. So between the two of you guys, you would cover a lot of ground together. And then whoever was in left field, whether it was Jaeger, whether it was Matt Hardy, whether, you know, it was Pofek, it seemed like defensively you guys really, you know, had it nailed down in the outfield, either both the 2019 and in 2020. Yeah, we we have a lot of fun out there on defense. And yeah, like you said, I think we've been playing really well out there. How what's the relationship like? I mean, you, Dylan and Cole uh, Pofek, you've all been together for a couple of years um, what's the relationship like? I mean, is, is it, can you guys read each other fairly easily? It seems like when the ball goes to the outfield, you take most of them. You cover a lot of ground. But those two guys either, aren't slouches either, both Dylan and Cole. Oh, yeah, they're both they're both great players. And, you know, they definitely took me under their wing when I first got there and, you know, made me feel comfortable. And, um, yeah, we just – we have a lot of fun, and they're great guys to be out there with. You're up in Reno right now, and I know you you said you're working out and everything. What are you looking forward to to 2021? You decided now you could have graduated. You decided to come back, which I think is great, and it'll work out well for you. Um, how many of the guys are are coming back? It seems like a lot of guys are going to be back next year. Yeah, I think we're only losing um, three or four seniors. So, how disappointed were you? when it came down, the season was canceled. I mean, because obviously after Bakersfield, I think the next series was going to be the, the conference opener. And um, you guys were going to open on the road at Cal State Fullerton, a great atmosphere. Uh, Goodwin Field is a tremendous atmosphere for college baseball, which you haven't yet had to been able to experience as a player. In the context of everything, you know, your senior year, the team is playing well, and now all of a sudden it's completely out of your hands, out of your control, they pull the plug on the season. What was the thought for from Travis Bohall? Uh, it was just, I mean, you don't even, you don't even know. I mean, it just, it sucked really. Yeah. Um. I mean, what what was like, what was the hardest thing about it? Just the fact that it came out of nowhere, the like the like it did, or that you guys were playing what? I mean, it's like you know, I I don't want to sound you know crass or shallow, but obviously. If you'd lost 9 of 12, it probably would have been easier to swallow than having won 9 of 12. And not that you're a shallow person, but, I mean, you guys were playing some really good baseball, Travis. Yeah, we really were. And I think the, you know, saddest part about all this is probably those three or four seniors, you know, not knowing that they had just played their last game. And, you know, that was the last time they'll ever put their cleats on, you know. Did did the staff, were they able to give you any instruction of how to handle kind of the off season in terms of workouts and stuff, or were you guys pretty much on your own? Oh, no, we get, we get a lot of help, um, you know, planning workouts. Um, you know, I, like you said, a lot of us don't have like the being able to get back in the gym. So they've created, um, at home workouts for us to do to, you know, keep us busy and in shape. Obviously you need to be strong and you need to be fit to play baseball. But the you know this the, the the live pitching is a big part of it and being able to get in and get swings. Do you have somewhere you can go and get in a cage, Travis? Yeah, I, I have a place I can go and get in a cage and get some swings in and keep my arm in shape. 
What's what's the importance of that? I mean, as a guy who hit you know 340 this year and 330 last year, it's pretty solid Division One numbers in a good conference for pitching. What what's the most important thing for you with regard to your preparation? Over the past few years, I've really like worked on the mental side of my game, and you know I feel like I have a lot of success working on improving that. And you know, like meditation, visualization. Um, you know, have helped me tremendously with like believing in myself. And I feel like it's really been a turning point for me. What about the adjustment from, you know, growing up in Northern Nevada to being in Riverside? Did you like, did it take you a while to kind of find like your sandwich place, a place to get your oil change and all that stuff? Or did some of the other guys were able, were they able to help you with it? Yeah, it was a, it was a new change for me for sure. Um, I'm a pretty big, uh, outdoors person so I love hunting and fishing so I can't get a whole lot of that down there so I'm, I was a little disappointed but overall well, you, 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 know, you I, get I love to, Riverside you, get out, you can get out to Arrowhead you know yeah I could get out there <laughs> catch some uh, fish for sure obviously one thing I've heard is you know academics are tough at, 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 the, at the UC level and how was that adjustment for you coming from the JC to the UC were you able to make a pretty smooth a smooth adjustment yeah, I've been able to make a pretty smooth adjustment. I've always uh, been able to keep up and stay up on my grades, but um, it's definitely harder. You know, the, uh, UCR is a challenging school, and it's it's not easy for sure. What's your major? Uh, media and cultural studies. Okay, what well, kind of a wide-ranging stuff that you can do with that? Who are some of the guys on the team that you hang that you that you hang out with the most? Obviously, Manons is not there anymore. I'm guessing he probably showed you the ropes a little bit with the first year. But, um, you know, like Granillo was telling me, you know, about him and Bateson and whatnot. Uh, who's like, who's your, who are you, who's your board? What's your board of directors, Travis? With, with, uh, uh, let's see. I'm pretty good friends with Skyler. Um, I roomed with Seamus last year, so we got to become really good friends. Um, then I got to go with probably Jacob Shanks, too. He's a, he's, stri- he's an inter- interesting cat. He strikes me as an interesting cat. I've talked to him a couple times. Yeah, um, he, he he really is. <laughs> you know, UCR is Troy has really taken it upon himself to make it a local. You know, all these local guys, right? You know, John W. North, Martin Luther King, Santiago. You know, all these schools that are close by. And you're kind of somebody was telling me they were talking about. You know, we only have one out of state guy. I think that's Travis Bohall. Um, so what's it like? You're kind of the outlier on this team. Um, is there is there is there some kind of wisdom you can bring from kind of being the outsider, or are you just kind of blending in as one of the guys by now? Uh, you know, it is it is different um, not being from Southern California because I think our whole roster is like you said. But no, I feel like I just kind of blended in with them, and you know, like I said too, they've just really taken me under their wing, and you know, I love them all. Can't say any bad things about them great group of guys for sure who so who handles the outfielders is it is that jj who handles you guys during the season uh kurt smith will help too here yeah. and there when he can what what have you picked up from the coaching staff at, at ecr um i've really tried to you know improve my arm strength and that's one of the things i want to improve on in the outfield so you know, we've always tried to work on that, but uh, we do a lot of good drills that just, you know, help with footwork, you know, hand-eye coordination, 
So it's we do a lot of good stuff out there. You know, you mentioned the uh, the UNLV game, and that's one of that was one of my favorite games, obviously because I got to call a walk off. Um, so you're you were on first base, right, when that ball goes into the corner? Yeah, I was on first. Did you know you were going to score as soon as the ball comes off the bat? Um, I knew JJ was going to probably send me either way, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just running for sure. I mean, that's one of the things I've seen when you play. You, you know, from a broadcasting perspective, you got to be, I got, you got to anticipate, right? So if you're on second base and the ball goes into center field, I have to know, hey, is this guy going to come around and score or not, so I can call it. When you're on second base, Travis, I'm going to tell you, I don't want to jinx you. I'm going to tell you, I assume you're going to be. If I look up and you're not coming around third base. I'm in a little bit of trouble because I'm I'm in rhythm, ready to call you on the score. <laughs> and I think on that one though, it was easy because I saw you. Uh, I saw that you got a great jump when the ball bounced off the bat, and that you were probably going to score on that. The righty deals. This is ripped down the third baseline. It's a fair ball. Bohall can fly. Let's see what happens. Robbins digging into the left field corner. Here comes Bohall. Here comes the throw, and the Highlanders win. Bohall slides across the home plate, and the Highlanders dance out onto the green to shower Nathan Webb and Gatorade. It's a 3 2 That was a great win for you guys. The other win that I thought really was great was when you guys went to LMU, and I think it was the last game that I called because before the Holy Cross series. You guys went to LMU, and that was a pretty good team that you played. They'd been in the playoffs the year before, and you got a great – I was impressed because it was a great team performance because Bateson gave you a great start. The bullpen stood up. Um, the defense stood up, and you guys came from behind to win that game. Take me through that. How 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 was that experience for you? That that Page Stadium is a pretty good atmosphere as well. I felt. Yeah, that that was a big win for us. And I remember uh, Bateson went out there and had a heck of a start for us. And you know, I think we got some big hits from um, Pena and Julian too, which helped yeah. us a lot. I was really impressed watching Nick Pena as a freshman. Um, and he works out with you guys in the outfield. What's his upside? He strikes me as he could be a big-time player for, for, for UCR. Yeah, he has a bright future for sure. Um, he's a just a really good hitter and, you know, puts the balls in play and hits line drives. Who are some of the guys, Travis, that we may not have seen play this year that might be able to make an impact next year for you guys? I mean, you can't. I know you can't talk about any of the freshmen. I want to talk about the guys that you played with this year that maybe didn't play a whole lot. I guess Shanks is one of them, huh? Because he didn't have a great, you know, start to the year. But I expected him to have a big year with the bat, and he's a guy I think had a really good freshman year. Yeah, Shanks is a huge bat for us in the lineup. Um, he does a lot of damage, and I think Joey uh, Nikolai over at first is going to have a good year for us too. He's a great hitter as well. Did you pick up anything, Travis, from playing with Dean and Cannon? I mean, Cannon was just unreal, a force of nature. And I think what impressed me about Dino so much was just his consistency, that he would give you four quality at-bats, whether he went 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. The at-bats, you know, he would give you some quality. He'd look at a lot of pitches. Were you able to pick up stuff from those guys who are now playing at the professional level? Yeah, so Dean and Connor are two of the best hitters I've ever seen, to be honest. And you know, I tried to always pick their brain and learn about, you know, their approach, what makes them them and, you know, different things about their swings. But they're just they're just dudes for sure. They know what they're doing.
with regard to you, you mentioned the Big West being a tough conference, and it it is with regard to pitching. There are a lot of good pitchers in the Big West. Um, how tough is it? You know, obviously you got your approach, but the scouting report goes into it. Um, so you know, let's say we're playing, you're playing Long Beach State this weekend. What's the preparation like, knowing that you're playing a team that can really pitch? How do you go about that? Who gets involved with it? How much of it is the coaches? How much of it you guys as players exchanging information? Say it's about 50-50. The uh, coaches, you know, will set up a plan for us and get us prepared. We watch Synergy. So, you know, we're watching live at bats with these pitchers that we're going to be facing. And then, you know, just the coaches just prepare us and get us ready. Is there anything like you, a routine that you've had since whatever high school or whatnot that is there something specifically that you do when you're preparing a scouting report or looking at a scouting report or is it just kind of hit, you know, see ball, hit ball kind of a thing? Um, I kind of like to see what pitches they like to favor, you know, if he really likes his fastball or, you know, throws his curveball in this count a lot. You would have certain pitchers you would go out and you would make them throw you everything. You know, and then I'm confused. I want to say it was the UNLV game. There's some games that you would go out and you'd swing at the first strike you see. And, you know, you normally get a hit off it. So nobody's going to say anything. Is it easier to hit against somebody you've seen a lot versus somebody you've not seen? Because then obviously it works both ways, right? You haven't seen them, but they haven't seen you either. And if they're trying to get over with a fastball, maybe you can, you know, take a swing of the first pitch. How, so how, how, I mean, did you adjust your approach in that way or is it, was it more about the pitcher or more about the situation? I guess it depends. Like you said, I guess it could work in my favor since, you know, I am so aggressive and I am looking, you know, fastballs early in the count. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, whenever I'm hitting, I just try and limit my strikeouts and I'm just really focused on, hard contact and putting the ball in play. Travis Bohall, uh, thanks for joining us. Before I let you go, I want to ask you some other questions, kind of have some fun with it. Um, so what major league team did you grow up following? The San Francisco Giants. Okay, so you're a Bay Area guy. Um, yeah. Favorite player? Who's your favorite player? Um, probably currently, I'd have to say Mike Trout. Okay. That's probably a common answer among a lot of guys. Yeah. See, my generation, you would never say your favorite player is a guy who didn't play on your favorite team, but that's changed, I guess, for the better because you can watch a lot of baseball. Are yeah. you a guy who will watch a lot of baseball, uh, or is it more you just kind of, you know, it's more of a business thing for you? Um, I watch baseball here and there. I usually just, you know, try and catch the highlights from the games because I don't, I don't have a ton of time to be watching them. Who's the best player you ever played against? Um, I'd have to say facing one of those UCLA pitchers. He was just, I think the uh, closer for them, I think his name was Holden Powell or something. Oh, yeah. He was just incredible. His stuff was just wicked. I know he, I mean, I, I could tell he was good. When I sat down with Troy... Troy told me he was the best college closer he'd seen in six years, which I think is high praise coming from a guy like Troy Percival. Um, and then before I let you go, I need to find out what are Travis Bohall's goals for 2021, both personal and for the team. Um, 
personally, I just like to continue growing as really a person and player. Um, you know, keep help supporting my team this year any way I can. Um, hopefully, you know, steal a lot of bases and get a lot of hits. And, you know, hopefully we can pick up where we left off and just keep winning a lot of games. Awesome. Well, I want to also let you play. We have a game called Best of Three. So I'm going to ask you your best and you tell me. Um, favorite movie? Uh, hmm, let me think about this one. Probably Happy Gilmore. Yeah, it's a classic. All right. Yeah. How about uh, favorite band? Um, I honestly don't know if I have a favorite band. I have a lot of different music I listen to, so I'm not really sure if I can give you an answer to that one. Well, this one, uh, what's what's your so when UCR goes to the postseason next year, your first night in Omaha, they say, "All right, guys, any dinner you want, you can have it." What's Travis Bohall picking? Steak and lobster. All right. He's a surf and turf guy. Well, yes, hey, uh, Travis, I appreciate it. Uh, I thank you. And I would say I wish you luck. Stay healthy this summer, and we'll see you at the Plex. Hopefully we'll see you in February for uh, the 2021 season. Travis Bohall from UC Riverside Baseball, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gasol. I really appreciate it.